probability of hitting a good shot goes way up when you're committed, fully committed, and swinging free. But when you're not fully committed and you start guiding and steering and holding on, you just opened up the universe of possible outcomes. This ball could go anywhere. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols, and on today's episode, we have a guest. His name is John Stabler. He's the co-founder of Golf Psych. He is a researcher and an author of The Eight Traits of Champion Golfers. I like this conversation a lot uh, because Coach Stabler makes the mental game very simple and approachable. A lot of times, the psychology of golf can seem vague and complex. Uh, I know I've been at fault of making it that way. Um, maybe others have made it that way to you. Um, there are a lot of variables and factors with golf psychology, so in a way that's understandable. But at the end of the day, the important thing is that you can be calm, confident, and committed. And Coach Stabler lays that out nicely, I think, in this conversation, and I'm sure in person and in his um, in his coaching. We also talk through some interesting things about his mind meter device that I think you guys in particular might find intriguing. Um, Also, before we get into this conversation, I just want to remind you guys about the mental regrip. You've probably heard me talk about it before. It's my email newsletter that I'm trying to release every Tuesday um, with a with a baby um, and a podcast and a business of my own and and lots of responsibilities uh, of various kinds. It's hard to also do an email newsletter, but I think it's important because um, it's the kind of thing that I would want to be subscribed to. So that's what I'm going for. So I think it I think it provides some good value, um, and it just it, a little bite sized uh, piece of advice that I think can help. Um, and it's in your email inbox. You don't have to go searching for it. It comes to you. So I think that's helpful. Uh, the link to subscribe will be in the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get into this conversation with Coach John Stabler. Let's start with you introducing yourself, um, kind of your history. I've read up on your history from golf psych, um, but maybe you could fill us in, you know, if you saw someone on an elevator, two, three minutes, what would you say about yourself and your history? Okay. Well, I'm John Stabler and together with my wife, Dr. Deborah Graham, we, uh, determined to build a business, uh, coaching golfers and how to think to perform, uh, we got together in 1988, got married in 89, and conducted studies on the PGA Tour players in 89 and 90 uh, that discovered the same things Deborah had discovered in 1981 when she did her study of the LPGA Tour players. So we have multiple studies of the tour players, and we discovered through those studies that there are eight personality traits where the frequent winners on tour are clearly different from the other players on tour. So since 89, uh, we have been full-time golf psych. That's the name of our business. And we worked worked with over 400 tour players. That's just at the top level, PGA Tour, 
Champions Tour, LPGA Tour, and then lots of other uh, aspiring tour players, college players, junior golfers, avid amateurs, uh, the gamut. We were on tour for over 20 years, uh, full-time. Uh, that was 28 weeks or more per year. And we since retired from traveling on tour, we're not retired, but retired from traveling on tour. Um, and our program, our method, our system developed through the research and the tour player experience is fantastic. It works great. Uh, our record through our players is fantastic. Uh, 21 tour players have won 31 majors while they worked with us. Um, got U.S. amateur champions. We have Texas. We're in, we live in Texas, so we've got Texas high school individual and team state champions at a couple levels. And uh, so it's been successful at every level. And uh, honestly, the old cliche, golf is 90% mental, is wrong. Uh, it's 100% mental. Mm. It's 100% mental. Uh, I don't care how good your swing is. If your mental is not very good or you don't have a mental game, most likely it's going to let you down when it's most important. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So then that that leads us right into – Maybe you could get into some of the more specifics of what you have done for players or what you would do for players if they approached you and said, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I melt down, you know, during every round, the pressure gets to me. I, I can't recover from a bad shot, those kind of things. Um, they approach you with that need in mind. And obviously the top PGA tour players still struggle with those things, but might have different ways of saying it or whatever. But wh how would you work someone through what they are going through? First of all, Josh, that happens to every golfer at every level. The tour players are not immune. We see it every weekend. We see players that are leading Saturday night and fail to perform on Sunday. We feel, see players that are, you know, in contention and fail to perform on the last round uh, on tour, all tours. And uh, most recent example, I would say, is Rory McIlroy at the at the British Open. You know, a, a tournament that he wants to win more than any other tournament in the world. Uh, he's in position. He's in the last group. And he has 36 putts, mm. you know. He's not free enough, and so he doesn't perform as we all know he can perform. I mean, world number one multiple times, yet mentally he didn't manage himself, his thoughts, to enable his performance. So back to the general question. Hmm. Any player, the first step we require before we'll coach him is to take the personality assessment that we used in our studies because we want to know how your personality compares to the frequent winner, to those eight personality traits where they were different. That will immediately tell us where your natural strengths and your challenges probably are. Uh, it'll help. It'll be pretty predictive of what happens when you compete, when you play. 
And with that information, we also then need to, to understand you more fully because you have a unique experience. You have lots of tournament rounds or competitive rounds. Um, so we want to hear one of the things, some of the things you just talked about. Um, are there patterns? Uh, what tends to happen? What are the, the problem thoughts? We've got to round out our understanding of the player. And then we try to attack the most important things first. You know, the, uh, the particular thoughts. So then we'll get into uh, thought control methods. Uh, we'll decide, we'll, we'll find that uh, they're off the mark. For example, on one of the champion traits where maybe uh, – they're higher on the abstract thinking scale than the frequent winners. Uh, this player is going to have a very busy mind, is going to struggle to make decisions, is going to struggle to get committed when it's really important. Therefore, they're not going to perform. So we help them understand how to deal with that tendency, how to simplify, how to listen to their intuition, how to go with first impressions. That would be the coaching. Along with the troubleshooting, uh, with every player, we're going to have to um, help them learn what, what I call the foundation skills of your mental game, right? Everybody needs an athletic shot process. Now, most people call that a pre-shot routine or a mental pre-shot routine. Uh, I prefer to say athletic shot process because that's what we're trying to accomplish. And too many players have this concept of a routine, which is very specific, very uh, regimented or deliberate. And uh, frankly, that doesn't help you play a golf shot, to be deliberate and careful about your routine, to work to be consistent on your routine. I'm sorry. It is not helpful. In fact, it's hurtful especially if when it gets really important, you get more careful about your alignment and your setup and your targets and your takeaway and your swing keys. All that stuff means your left brain's running the show and your left brain's not athletic. So it creates problems. So everybody needs a good athletic shot process. I try to put that in place as soon as possible. Everybody needs awareness of and an ability to control their thoughts. Got to have that. Everybody needs awareness of and an ability to manage your level of tension or arousal appropriate for the golf shot you're playing. So it's not just relax. It's how relaxed. Right. Yeah. We can measure that. Okay. So you need to be a little more aroused for hitting your long clubs, your driver. And you, mean you need to be most relaxed you can be for putting and short game. That, no surprise there. That, it's almost common sense. But because you don't have a score until the putt drops, a lot of players are more tense over their putts than over their driver. Okay? Right. It varies. Some people struggle with the driver and some people struggle with the putt. So obviously tension goes up in those, with those clubs. But when tension goes up for putting, your ability to putt just went down. 
Your fine motor skills are not as good as they would be at a lower level. Your brain's busier. It's harder to focus. Um, it's 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 just cutting just doesn't work. And you you find people that that um, they start to fight three putts or short putts uh, for various reasons. And so uh, with the mind meter, which is a device I invented, hmm. we can measure the level of arousal. And so you see that over those short putts, the numbers are going up and they don't putt very well. So we have to work on lowering arousal for that situation, managing the thoughts that put them in that state, um, countering that so that they can putt as good as they know they can, right? Right. And then the fourth foundation skill or is an understanding of your eight champion personality traits and how to emulate the frequent winners when you play. We're not trying to change your personality all the time. Just when you're on the golf course and you're playing for score. <clears throat> hmm. Okay, so one of them was having awareness and I, and I want to talk about the mind meter. That's very interesting, but let's put a pin in that. But one of the traits you mentioned was having awareness and a control of your own thoughts and thinking. So maybe, you know, without giving away your whole program, but how, what, how would you inform someone on being able to control their thinking and being able to um, maybe manage their emotions, that kind of thing? How, what would you do to coach them in on that? So most players know what the thoughts are that create problems. You know, I was just thinking about the score and what it all means. I was just thinking about who's watching, you know, because that college coach, I want him to recruit me. So I need to play good. Uh, but that thought, what they're thinking, worrying about what's going on in their mind, makes it hard for you to focus on what you need to do. That's to raise arousal make it harder to play well. So <clears throat> don't think about the water. Don't think about the OB. Don't think about the coach watching. Don't think about the score. Don't think about a pink elephant. <laughs> what just popped in your head? The pink elephant. Yeah. So don't think about the water. You hmm. just told your conscious water target where does the ball go hmm. water okay so what you have to do is you have to move their minds to a different thought to helpful thoughts okay so we'll use the coach watching for example <clears throat> Thinking about that coach, I know that's not going to help me play this shot. So instead of thinking about the coach, I'm going to think about the coach as a cue or a reminder to then coaches watching, okay, I need to get really good visuals on the shot. I, I need to imagine the shot really well in real time, as, vis as vividly as I can see it. Coach? focused on my visuals. So we just change your thoughts from the coach and what that all means to what I'm trying to do right now, something that's going to help me. Mm. Now, 
not quite that simple, but it, it's that's the way it works. Sure. Okay. You gotta move your mind to thoughts that help. Okay. It's very right. hard for me to just block out the code. Some people, you know, people that are on the uh, more introverted end of the introvert extrovert scale, yeah, they can block stuff out much easier. And not surprising, the frequent winners are on that side of the scale. They're not super introverts, but they're uh, much more introverted than the extrovert side of the scale. So they have an easier time focusing on what's in front of them and blocking those other things out. Interesting. In one thing, it can't be engaged in another. Okay. Right. One of the problems when their routines is, you know, they know they need to visualize the shot. They know they need to do a practice swing. They know they need to get a line. They know, they know these things. So they, they do this thing for a moment, but they always hit parts of their routine that period before playing the shot where their brain's not engaged, where it's, it's not uh, in the shot anymore. And that's when the problem thoughts pop in. That's when the fears about missing or what it all means, those thoughts have an opportunity to get in. So one of our objectives with the athletic, with the athletic shot process is to get the mind engaged in that process continuously over and over. So there's no opportunity for the problem thoughts to get in there. Right. Okay. The athletic shot process is a thought control method. Okay. Yeah. Using the coach as a cue or a reminder is a thought control method. So we have a bunch of those Hmm. and employ them. We try to find what works best for you. Right. And then you have to use it and you'll develop it. You'll tweak it. It'll become yours. It'll be customized to work well for you. But it's, it's uh, we should teach this in grade school. The ability to manage your thoughts, because if you can manage your thoughts, you can manage your emotions. Wouldn't that be helpful? Oh, yeah. You know? Teenage years, hormones, thoughts. Man, if you could manage your thoughts, it would be so helpful. Anyway. Yeah, so you're using, instead of, some people can block things out, but instead of um, pretending things don't exist, you use the things that can be distracting to you. That's a big difference. A lot of people try to say, there is no water. Instead, you can use the water as a directive to get to where you want. You can't lie to yourself. It doesn't work. You can't say, oh, I don't care what happens. You do care. You just can't fool yourself like that. So instead, yes, we have to use something to replace those thoughts, to get in the way of those thoughts, to redirect your your thoughts. I like that. Okay, cool. Um What's that? Say that again. Works good. Yeah, works good. That's that's what matters. It doesn't it it doesn't matter that uh, I like it. It's that it works. Um, okay, so back to the mind meter. That um, it's, it's you said is something you invented. Um, maybe explain that a little more um, and what you can learn from it and how you can use it as information. Because a lot of people that listen to this are very um, that they like 
you know, equipment and little details like that. And the, you know, the, not the latest gadget, but along those lines. So maybe what is this and how do you use it? In uh, about 2000, the year 2000, uh, we recognized a need to give players objective feedback. You know, you could talk to the player and you could observe the player and you could tell the player was over aroused or tense. But if the player's been building up to that point, it feels normal. They don't realize their eyes are brighter, their voice is louder, their movements are quicker. They don't realize it. They're going, I'm relaxed. Look, I'm relaxed. And they're shaking their arms and their muscles are flabby, but but obviously they're wound up, you know, and the the caddy's going, oh, man. And the, the wife's going, uh-oh, it's not going to be a good day. So we needed something objective. You know, we could say, yeah, you're up, but they, we'll get into an argument. So I started looking for ways to give a player feedback. And um, first thing we wanted, first thing we, we tried was brainwaves. Okay. Um, big alpha waves in your brain, uh, connect with lower levels of arousal, meditative states, big alpha waves. So we said, okay, let's teach people to, to make big alpha waves. Well, it, very quickly I found out you could do that in your office. You could do that sitting around, but you couldn't do it on a golf course. It, it's really hard to measure brain waves. Um, they're not powerful. Um, you shake your head or just smile, and it throws artifacts, okay? Um, and the equipment at that time, you know, you got this hairnet, you got a cable, you got to have a portable computer somehow. Uh, it's cumbersome. It's just not going to work on the golf course. So I got into the biofeedback industry, and I started looking at all the different modalities. Uh, there's skin temperature. There's muscle tension. Um, there, there's a lot of things you could try using. And one of the things I came on was heart rate variability. Okay. I, well, you may have heard of it. Some, of it. some people may have heard of it before. Um, it's not heart rate variability per se, the way it's used generally in the biofeedback industry, but rather it's a pattern called respiratory sinus arrhythmia which is a pattern of heart rate variability, which connects or um, equates to quiet mind. Big alpha waves, um, lower level of arousal. Uh, so <clears throat> I developed a device that measured heart rate variability and we turned that into a number on a one to a zero to 100 scale. And so when you go up the scale, we can say that your mind is busier or you're reacting emotionally. You're high on the arousal scale somehow for some reason. Uh, left brain is active, analytical. All these things make the number go up. All right. So I. I had working meters by 2002, okay? 
they were limited in a lot of ways. Uh, I only had a three-foot range, so the device had to be on the player. And, of course, when you swing, you turn. So that meant I had to move <laughs> quite a bit. But I could do I, We could use it. It worked. And we had working meters for quite a while that way. We actually built them. And then the smartphones came out, right? And that's the smartphone platform is fantastic. Where I had been putting chips together and all this stuff, it was already there, plus other stuff, other capabilities. So we had working meters, an app to work on a, an Android phone by 2013. And in 2017, I got the video capture capability built into the app so that now we can video your shot, your putt, capture the my meter numbers for immediate replay. So now the player can see what was going on while they were playing the shot. They can reflect, what was I thinking about right then? What was going on in my mind right then? And we've, we've tweaked the algorithm in the app so that it's very sensitive. I can literally tell the moment your thoughts change. It's that sensitive, okay? And so I don't know what the thought was. I don't know what made the change, but I can ask. I can point out, okay, well, what were you thinking about? What was going on? Oh, yeah, I, I, I noticed that, that thing um, on the ground, that, and I, my foot kind of caught it, and it distracted me, and there was a change in the numbers. It was happening during their routine, okay? But it wasn't something they would normally be consciously aware of got their attention or they're over the ball. And this is the critical time. You're over the ball. You're ready to go. And the numbers start going up. This happens uh, when you're building to the moment, right? You're, Oh, here we go. Or hope this is good. Or lots of anxiety hits at that last moment and fears happen. Numbers are going to go up. So we help players understand that to, to become more aware. We've got to have awareness first. And with awareness now, we, we give you the methods, the responses that work. And so very quickly, with good feedback, the player can develop their mental skills pretty darn quick. And, and the, I think the key thing is like seeing – when when you implement the skill, seeing the numbers be lower and say, I did this and it resulted very clearly in lower numbers. Way to go. You're on track. You're, yes. That's the way you want to be. That's the way you want to feel. That's the way you want to operate. That's working. And guess what? The ball striking gets better. The putting gets better. So you got that, you also got that results feedback that reinforces, you know, this is better. This is working. Mm. So, so then, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. One of the biggest problems right at the moment of truth is commitment. Our definition of commitment is your choices are clear and you trust them all the way through impact. 
It's not good enough just to be clear on your choices. You got to believe you have the shot. You got to trust yourself and you got to swing free. Okay. So very, very quickly, players tune into, you know what? I wasn't fully committed. Yep. I was doubting it. Yep. And then they also come to understand that committing is super important. In other words, the probability of hitting a good shot goes way up when you're committed, fully committed and swinging free. But when you're not fully committed and you start guiding and steering and holding on, you just opened up the universe of possible outcomes. This ball could go anywhere, right? So now you realize, you know what? Commitment's where it's at. I got to trust it. I got to swing free. Being careful and deliberate actually hurts me. And now we make big progress. Hmm. So as a as the general public listening to this, they don't have mind meters, obviously, but they can have awareness. They don't get the immediate feedback of on a screen seeing what their brain is doing, but they they there are things they can do. There's things you can teach players from on the other side of a computer that here's the way without a physical device, here's how you can do it. So, so let's maybe work, walk me through a player going through a, like the mind meter type of, um, learning process, but without a mind meter. So to, to the, to the person that's listening, they would say, I'm, I'm just starting. I'm clueless. I don't know what I'm doing, but you know, every time I get on that hole and there's water, I, I tend to hit it in the water. So how would you work them through what the mind meter would do in person, but without it? Well, if they had the mind meter on, they would certainly see the numbers go up and they'd correlate it very quickly with how they feel. Okay. So without the mind meter, and we have, I have clients all over the world, right, that I've never met in person. I, I don't have to meet. I just need to know what you're thinking when you're playing. I don't need to watch you play to be affected, right? I need the personality assessment, and we need to talk, okay? And um, we have some tools that are online. It's called the online coaching system that will help you prepare for your rounds, learn from them, and make progress, okay? So – We'll use that example. Every time I got to hit over water, I freak out. All right. So we got to back up and we got to teach them how to calm, uh, perhaps meditate, right? Learn how to quiet your mind. You got to learn how to do that, to breathe and calm. Most people don't breathe effectively for calming. So we got to teach you how to breathe. You got to teach you how to quiet your mind by focusing on the breathing. All right. Now, <clears throat> you know that you're calmer. You know you're more relaxed. All right. Let's swing the golf club. Let's hit some golf shots on the range. Nothing out there. Doesn't matter. No score. How's your tempo? What's happening mentally? You're pretty relaxed, right? Okay. That's good. Breathe and relax. All right. Now let's take it to the golf course. What happens on the golf course? Uh, you 
going to play the shot, not over water, another shot. You play it well. Well, how did you feel? How, how did you do that? What were you thinking about to do that? Oh, you were doing a good athletic shot process to play that shot. Great. All right. Now, let's go try to play the water shot, yet breathe, focus on arousal, calming. Imagine that other shot where you were swinging free. Focus on your targets. Imagine the shot. Imagine the shot. Play the shot. After the shot, how was your tempo? Were you able to calm? Were you able to relax? Were you able to put those thoughts, you know, focus on where you want to go instead of where you don't want to go kind of thing? So we, we work with that and we work through that over and over to try to get them to that place. And you work your way up. You don't, you don't just jump to, okay, get in a tournament and hit the shot over the water and be good at it. You, you start easy. Quite often this works like a quick fix, but it's not a quick fix. It's something you have to work at. You have to develop that awareness of how you're thinking, but also of your level of arousal, what your body feels like when it's tense, when your body feels like when it's relaxed. Most people, there's a part of your body that gets really tight when you're stressed out. Neck, shoulders, uh, stomach, back. Uh, some players will say forearms, hands, face. If you can identify that, now you can focus on that area and focus on relaxing it with your breathing. Okay? So now you've got feedback. Um, one of the questions after a player misses a shot, we always want them to ask is, how was my tempo? Was it normal or was it quick? If it was quick, that means you were up the arousal scale. All right. So were you fully committed? Did you swing free or not? Well, you can do that better on the next shot, right? So you, you use these things. What we don't want the player doing, and this is going to make people go, what? I don't want you trying to fix your swing on the course. It's actually a mistake. Too many players are playing golf swing instead of playing golf. Okay? If you're thinking about your swing over the ball, and as you take the club back, you're thinking about your swing, you're playing golf swing. You're not playing golf. There's some good articles on our website, uh, golfsite.com, that are about that specific. The athletic shot process, one of the articles is entitled, you know, are you playing golf or golf swim? And it helps the players, it'll help your listeners understand what I'm talking about. Focus on the mental side. If you miss a shot, 98% of the time or more, there was a mental error in there. Why you don't play it as good on the course as you do on the range? It's all mental. That's why I say it's 100% mental. Players often hit it good on the range. But what are they doing on the range? Well, they're working on their swing, but they're hitting the same shot over and over. They're not keeping score. And they're so relaxed. The down, and they work into hitting the shot. 
But that's not golf. That's repetitive. You never get to do that on the golf course unless you hit it, you know, in OB or something. You get to hit the same shot again. But otherwise, you got to hit it the first time. So the way they're practicing is actually flawed. You know, you need some repetitive practice, but you need to practice playing golf on the range, in the short game area, keep score, play a shot, pretend you're on the course, specific targets, do a full routine, keep score. That puts you into the, the competitive, the playing mindset. But now when you go to the course, it's not so different. You can't take that repetitive mindset to the golf course focused on swing. It won't work. You got to go out there and play this shot the first time. Right. Yep. So as we, as we kind of wrap up, I, I got um, one more big question for you that, that could maybe summarize it all. What would you tell, you know, let's say there's, 5,000 people listening to this or whatever. What would you tell, what would be the biggest thing that could encompass that you would have everybody go work on today or this off season or get, get better at this. And since you're a, you know, mental performance coach, you would probably go that direction rather than your alignment or something. But what would be one thing you could, you know, try to cast on everybody to improve? Try to find a swing that you know, not a perfect swing, your swing, okay, and then play with it and focus on getting super committed, learn how to breathe and calm, okay, and so when you're out there playing for score, you're focused on doing these mental things really well. And the score just happens. It just adds up. Focus on the things you can control. Let go of the rest. Don't try to make perfect golf swings. That makes you left brain. That messes it up. Okay? Be athletic. We're athletic in every other sport. If you hit a cut or a slice, play with it. Stop fighting it. Play with it. Work on it off course get lessons, et cetera, play with what you got, keep that arousal down, trust yourself, trust that swing, let go of the perfect swings and let go of the score. That wasn't that's just one. No, that's, that is, that's, I think, um, I think a, as a basic rule of thumb of um, commit to what you have and then, and then work on the mental side, like get to a, like at least a decent level of physical game and then say, okay, it's mostly mental at this point. I can make this swing work. There's been ugly swings that have won majors and ugly shots that have won majors and, and it's a mental aspect. So I think that is kind of one big thing for sure. That's good. Let go of your outcomes. Let go of your outcomes. Don't beat yourself up. Yeah. Play with what you got. I got I to gotta object a little bit. You said something. When you get to a physical level of capability, 
everybody says that, everybody thinks that way, but you need to work on the mental from the beginning. The raw beginner, if all they're working on is swing, they may never get to decent play. Okay? You gotta you gotta work on the swing and then work on playing. Work on the swing and then work on playing. Right. Okay. It's all at once. It's all at the same time. Right from the beginning. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we get I think our youngest client so far is nine. Mm. Okay. Well, he's too young for the personality assessment. So we keep it real simple. You know, have fun, hit the ball over there. Don't worry about the swing. Go have fun. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think for the starters, you know, enjoy the social. Enjoy being out there. Enjoy once in a while you hit a good shot. Enjoy it. Don't beat yourself up. Good. Okay. I love that. Okay. So where would you direct people? Where can people find you? I know you've mentioned your site a few times. Um, how would you have people discover you? Golf site, G-O-L-F, golf site, the first part of psychology, P-S-Y-C-H.com. It's all there. There's a lot of free articles. And if you want to do the personality assessment, uh, I would recommend get the package. That's what we require for any client. But it can it's self-guiding. It generates reports with recommendations that should be right for you. And it gives you three months of the online coaching system in it. All for 199 bucks. That's all. Nice. And I've had lots of feedback. Players do great with that. Uh, the other thing you might do is get our book. It's called The Eight Traits of Champion Golfers. It's a paperback. Uh, buy it on Amazon. They sell it cheaper than we can, right? And you'll get it right away. It's got eight chapters, one, each one on the eight, one of the traits, and it has self-tests, and it has suggestions, guidance. So 16 bucks, and you can learn about the secret sauce. That's what I, that's what I call it. Right. Sure. Cause that's why. You can't understand why the frequent winner is a frequent winner. I mean, do they swing different than anybody else? No. Do they practice harder? No. You know, are they built a certain way? Well, no, there's all kinds of variety. They all go to one golf coach. Nobody. Else. No, the secret sauce. It's the personality. We just discovered what survival of the fittest for stroke play golf had determined. That's what those eight traits are. They're there. And if you don't know, I'll, I'll give you a quick anecdote. Gary McCord. You know who Gary McCord is, right? Commentator. Uh, he's older now. He played 376 PGA Tour events. He won. He Excuse me. He made 242 cuts. Big zero in the win column. So at 49, he said, you know, here comes the senior tour. Uh, I don't want to change my life. I don't want to go crazy working on my game. Let's try the mental stuff. We'd known him for a long time. So we gave him the personality assessment, and we found out that Gary only lined up on two out of eight traits. This guy had been on tour his whole career, made a lot of money, right? He's a good player, yet he never won. Why? 
you only wind up on two of the eight traits. So we worked with that and we figure out the biggest problem. He's very high in the abstract scale. His mind is super busy. You can tell that from his commentating. And he was struggling to make a decision over the ball. He wasn't making the decision. He's over the ball and he's still saying, well, should I hit it higher? Should I hit it lower? Should I cut it? Should I knock it? Which he was over the ball and he hadn't decided. He, he wasn't fully committed. He can't play. All right. So he gets that information. He gets the coaching. He raises awareness. He understands how to focus on uh, simplifying. Plays 17 events on the senior tour his, his freshman year, rookie year, and he wins twice. Same guys he couldn't beat for the previous, you know, 25 or 30 years. Now he can beat them. And the, and the senior tour are not going to give you anything. They're competitive, right? Oh, yeah. But now Gary, despite changing the way he's thinking on the course, could be successful. We've taken players all the way from zero to a few, to multiple wins by thinking about the right stuff. That's awesome. Very cool. So $16 book, eight traits. That's only two bucks a trait. I think that's a good deal. It's a sweet deal. <laughs> it's Amazon. All right. Okay. All right. Cool. Thank you, uh, Coach. This has been awesome. Uh, really, really appreciate your time. Uh, I think I think people will learn a lot from this. Deal. Thank you, Josh. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Coach John Stabler. Pop quiz. List one thing that you learned. Just kidding. There's no quiz. Uh, But I do hope that you can take away at least one thing you either haven't heard before or maybe you heard it in a different way that got you thinking about how to better improve your golf psychology and therefore your golf game. If you have any questions about what you heard or maybe you have a suggestion for a topic or a guest, shoot an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com. Again, that's an email address, mentalgolfshow at gmail.com. And if you're a competitive golfer and you feel like you're not getting what you can out of your game and you think maybe your psychology and your mental game is what's holding you back, I highly encourage you to work with someone like Coach Stabler or myself. I'm a golf psychology coach, and I work with players all over the world. If you'd like more info or to see what coaching entails, head to foundationsmp.com or send me an email at foundationsgolf at gmail.com. Again, that email address is foundationsgolf at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Mental Golf Show. I'm Josh Nichols, and I will catch you guys next time.